Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is our second ever episode of Around with Stephen Cole. I am T. Cole Newton, owner and proprietor of 12 Mile Limit, Mid-City's famous cocktail dive. And we are coming to you pre-recorded from my very own bar. This is uh, Stevie Mata, flying bar monkey and uh, a longtime patron of 12 Mile Limit, as well as a constant bar fly and uh, bartender in many establishments around this fine city. Are you, are, is two many establishments? Or are you just talking about well, your in personal the, in the history? Past, yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> Currently. You like, have, you have certainly bartended at many fine establishments around this city. Yeah, I have not. I've only ever bartended at four New Orleans bars. And as a regular thing, I've popped up a few other places. But. I have to say, in the last couple of years, like that, that amount has spiked a lot for me. Like I was, I was the long tenure employee. I was like, you know, I'm going to stay here until like I die. I will die in this restaurant and or bar. <laughs> I had, I, I had was a two year man. I would stay at at any job that I ever had for no more than two years until I had my own place. <laughs> now I've been here for six years. And after two years, I started looking around for other opportunities, but none of them materialized, fortunately. <laughs> and now I've just sort of, this is my rock. I'm going to push it up a hill every day, and I love it. It's, uh, it's the, that's the truth, everybody. Cole is stuck with 12 miles. He cannot. <laughs> if anyone would like to buy a bar... Always looking for investors on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me, give me an out, guys. Coolio. So um, we're going to keep it a little bit lighter on this second episode. Uh, I think uh, our first episode was a lot of fun, a little bit about who we are, what we want to talk about. Pretty tangential. We're going to try and keep it a little more streamlined this time. Um, and just kind of one of the things we want to do is, uh, you know, keep you guys guessing, I guess, and just have fun with this. Yeah, it's it's. What, what do you guys want to hear? We also want to hear from you. Uh, I, I think we'll probably wind up setting up an email address maybe where we can receive uh interesting queries from our dozens of listeners <laughs> all five of you out there who we haven't gotten yet this is a weird process too. it's not like we have live listeners or we know we're talking to anybody right now it's just me and you talking in an empty room at the moment yep that's uh that's the the style here right on right on that's you, but that's that's what we do we hang out together and we talk. That's one of the reasons this show is going to be so charming to the masses is because we just have that rapport. <laughs> right on. So the topic for this episode, um, which we came off came up with off the cuff to keep it nice and light, uh, jukeboxes. Jukeboxes. I When I think about a bar, um, I think uh, somebody told me at one point that when you were building 12 Mile Limit, you wanted this to be like the cool basement of like one of your friends or something like that, or you're a cool basement or something like that a little bit. Is that true? We Well, let's be clear. I was that kid in high school whose parents let all of their friends come over and hang out okay and so having that sort of cool hangout space <laughs> is it's definitely the it wasn't necessarily the intention but it's just sort of how i know to make a space feel comfortable is sort of homey and comfortable and doesn't take itself too seriously right on i would think that uh to me, that cool kid who had that like cool basement, you know, basement's not a thing in New Orleans, but there was a couple basements in North Carolina. Uh, two things, uh, pool table, definitely would have to have the pool table. I, I grew up in a house with a pool table in the basement. That's a true story. And oddly enough, a jukebox. I don't know why. I think it's uh, kind of a weird thing. If you just had like an old jukebox somewhere, it was like, man, that kid is really cool. I, th I didn't grow up in a house. The, the house my mom moved into when my, my sister and I went off to college actually also had a jukebox and a pool table <laughs> in the basement. She moved up in the world. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's like, I got that jukebox, so Stevie Bottle will think I'm a pretty cool person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have liked me in high school. Yeah, I would have I been hanging out with you in high school. I don't think so, Cole. I don't, I'm not cool enough. I was a nerd. Oh, most of my friends were nerds. It made me feel better 
better about myself. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> All righty. So um, bars are bars and music. I mean, it's pretty inseparable. I mean, uh, when you think about creating a space that people are going to be comfortable in that they want to come to, uh, you cannot ignore the music. I've been to, you know, how many times have you been out to a restaurant, Cole, where uh, it's like, wow, the food's great, the service is really good, and then like. It's just the worst music on it. Just kind of takes there, you out of it. There are a couple times recently, and I don't want to call out either of these places by name, but one is an extension of a well-operated corporate line, and one is a relatively new, what feels like sort of passion project. And I had lovely times at both. I would highly recommend either of them for their food and beverage programs. But the music curation was just all over the place. Mm. Or not even necessarily all over the place. One was just very generic dance music. Like the things <laughs> that would have been played in clubs in 2006. Like the Yeah by Usher oh. came on. And this was a Whoa. fine dining restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Kesha yeah. was on. And, you know, some Daft Punk too, which I don't think Daft Punk is actually pretty good bar background music. But, and then the other one, it was, it just varied so wildly from one song to the next. There was no coherent theme. Like sometimes it would be weird electronic music. And the next song would be sort of more traditional jazz music, which I think is one of the universal great mm -hmm. choices, especially in New Orleans, is traditional jazz. No, but it's never in a appropriate right um but it was just so inconsistent and jarring from one song to the next that it really detracted from the experience in a tangible way right uh my, my previous work experience right before this job um we'll leave the place unnamed it's not that hard to figure out where i used to work but uh <laughs> google uh, it i for the most part uh the music was god awful it was really horrible um we had some <laughs> consultants uh who you know they were great people and very smart in the industry and they had paid a company to put together some playlists for us and they turned out really really poorly they were not not well made playlists like different frequencies from track to track which is super distracting so they put together uh, a playlist that i think was based on their restaurant in new york and it was all reggae and i swear to god uh, i still am like in reggae trauma at the moment like if i hear a reggae song i just like have these horrible flashbacks and pass out or have a seizure or something do you not want to put the devil out of work <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's 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 terrible too for like a restaurant or like some sort of work experience or a bar that you go to to just kill a song. And I'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Um, with yeah, we've we've talking. compiled a brief list of songs that we love to find in jukeboxes, mm -hmm. and we've also compiled for me my my list for the latter part is the songs that I will almost just walk out of a bar immediately <laughs> if I start just hearing straight out. Yeah, the, we were supposed to list a couple. I I just have one. You just have one. I just okay. have one. Okay. So okay. we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Awesome. But it is a shame because I really like reggae generally, <laughs> and I honestly think it's not it gonna makes, get away with this one. Well, I think it makes pretty good background music. It's pretty mellow, mm -hmm. but it's not just. It's not just a, a, a like wallpaper of sound. You know, it has a distinct character. It has a message in a lot of ways that's meaningful for people. But you don't have to, you don't have to be listening for the message to enjoy the music. It's not super loud, but mm -hmm. it's not going to put people to sleep necessarily. So the fact that you're now super burnt out on reggae is kind of sad to me. It, it is uh, to to kind of like expound upon the point of my former employers horrible choices in music um so dj soul sister who's a pretty uh, as extremely well-known dj in the city has been you know on the radio as well as uh curating uh dance parties uh at mimi's originally now i believe at the hi-ho lounge i'm pretty I'm sure that they were at the hi-ho yeah, yeah I, I don't go out there anymore because i'm just not cool enough i used I'm to so, go I'm too almost old. every week when it was at mimi's <laughs> oh yeah and that was a that was a great time i missed that party yeah it was it was always that was it was one of those great new orleans things you talk about and you're like oh man there needs to be something like that again but anyways dj soul <laughs> 
<laughs> she would come into uh, to my former employer's uh, restaurant, and uh, you know, food was great. Uh, service is really excellent. You guys take good care of us. What is wrong with your music? Almost a direct quote. She basically we we had her write a note to our consultants to say that like you know how bad the music was because she was just she was she was like you know upset. I mean I won't say like you know furious one star Yelp or anything like that, but definitely just kind of like hey I would probably hang up hang out or like this place better if your music wasn't terrible. I've gotten a very similar criticism. I do consulting work on the side in addition to having my own place, and one of the places where I've done consulting. Again, I won't. There, there are enough of them that this may not, <laughs> may not <laughs> throw shade. But I got a, I got very specific complaints from. We have a, a, a monthly dance party here called Heat Wave, mm-hmm. second Saturday of every month. Come check it out. You can also, for all fairness, they do the fourth Saturday of every month at Sydney's Saloon, and both are, both are excellent. The music's great. It's sort of an oldies dance party, and the DJ who does ours visited the other place where I was bartending and just tore apart the playlist and the playlist there was very much it like it had Eminem it had some metal a lot of like 90s rock music but I think one of the mistakes that people make is they're like oh you know what I'm gonna open my own bar and then I'm gonna play whatever music I want and nobody's gonna be able to tell me not to I'm just gonna listen to whatever I want to and it's like no don't <laughs> do that that's a terrible way to do, like it, you there's plenty of music that we all like that won't work in a a public environment you kind of have to make sure that even the weird stuff it doesn't have to be all radio friendly hits but it has to be at least somewhat accessible we actually had a a a staff member here who was just sort of an antagonistic personality i'll put it that way he wasn't a front of the house staff person but (laughs) he liked to exercise some authority over the playlist and he would come out and play songs by a band called ween now, I like the band Ween, but they are aggressively weird, and it, every time that happened, people would complain. And I was like, dude, stop playing Ween. Yeah. I like Ween, but it's not the right music for this bar. Right. Um, and, you know, I've got to say, working here for the past couple of months, um, the music for this bar is extremely flexible. Like, you you can really kind of control the, control a crowd. People are very open to hearing a lot of stuff. I mean, like, there's some nights where I'll put on, like, you know, the Dead Kennedys, and it totally works. And there's some nights where I'll put on some bluegrass, and it'll totally work. Sometimes you just have to put something on that's just going to match the crowd a little bit better, though, you know? And that's, that's kind of one of those things that uh, I think really great uh hospitality professionals do is they really cater the music and they they're they're being hospitable in every way possible not just with the service but also with the atmosphere that they're creating yeah i think that's one of the one of the really important things to do when you're curating a space either as as a bartender who who in here at least our bartenders have almost complete control over the music that they're listening to at work but for me because i'm the one who determines the music that goes into the jukebox there's a real fine balance that you'll find mirrored in so many other aspects of creating a public space where people congregate that's also a small business and a deeply personal Mm -hmm. statement that it has to balance what you want it to be with what other people want it to be and it's got to be both of those things at once but people are people want to be on your journey you are Mm -hmm. curating their experience for them in in every way by making them their drinks by uh suggesting things off the menu by putting things onto the menu to begin with, you're curating their experience for them, but you've got to be responsive to them also. Like People will turn to you for advice. People will want to be like, hey, what are you listening to? This is really cool. They don't have to be familiar with it already to enjoy it, but you've got to be willing to work with them also. 
most definitely. So um, let's let's focus this a little bit more on. Let's just jump into this jukebox discussion. Um, I don't know if you'll agree with me in this point, but I think most bartenders will. Uh, those touch tunes, uh, internet jukeboxes, are one of the worst inventions ever. I hate those things. Yeah, there's so many reasons why I disagree with having one in a space. I think one of the things that's beautiful about having a jukebox that is a curated list of a hundred albums, essentially, which is what most CD jukeboxes, the sort of the last uh, effective <laughs> non-internet mode for jukeboxes, is that it's it's a it's a way to establish an identity in a lot of ways. Like th- these are these are the th- the what we view not necessarily as the hundred best albums of all time because, like I said, there's plenty of music that I really enjoy listening to when I'm alone that I won't force on other people. But it's it estab- it says who you are as an institution. It like the and it has to draw people in too. So you want that music to be broadly appealing. You want people to be to want to play the jukebox in part because that's a way that people interact. It's a way that guests feel ownership over their experience, but also just from a strictly business standpoint, I would much rather have people pay me to listen to my music than just play it. Right. And I I like that option as well too, because like, you know, as a bartender, sometimes you think you think, you know, what's best for like what's happening with the crowd. Uh, But having the option of somebody saying like, Hey, you know what? Like me and my friends are here and this isn't the music that's quite working for us and everything like that. Having that jukebox, that's like, Hey, you know what? We actually would want to listen to this right now. And then being able to switch over and make that change and everything like that is great. I, I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, the, the people, you want to let people sort of, that's what I mean about having ownership over the experience, that you can really change, like with one song in a jukebox, you can completely change the vibe of a night. You know, it can go from a, a chill, mellow, little sad kind of hangout spot if you're listening to blues or some low-key indie rock or something along those lines. And you can imme- it can just turn it into a wild dance party <laughs> with a snap of a finger just because... That's what people want it to be right now. And if whatever people want your business to be, as a business person, you got to be that thing. That's how you get. That's how you develop loyal clientele is being responsive to the needs of your of your clients. Right on. Okay, so let's just go ahead and jump into this now. So the first half of this list, uh, we're going to talk about songs that uh, imagine that you are in a different city. You're you're out of town. Um, you go out to a bar. Maybe you're with a friend or two. But you know, you walk in and. It's just that neighborhood bar. It's like you don't belong there. The people don't know you. It's not that it's unfriendly. It's just that, you know, you're not feeling like you fit in so much. You may beeline your way to the jukebox, and this is the song that you're going to play that everybody's going to be like, that's who this person is, and then that's going to make that bar so much better to you as well. So to me, that's kind of what these songs are. What, what do you think, Cole? Yeah, I think there are certain songs. A, one of the things I wanted to focus on on this list is songs that you will find in maybe 80% of jukeboxes. That, that they're, No matter what kind of bar, not necessarily for Steve's list. We, we both used our own rationale. <laughs> I had to but, look down and like, be like, uh, The songs maybe. that you can go in is like, you know what? This is this is the song that makes a bar feel like my kind of place. Right. And that, that can be very different from mood to mood. I have three songs here that are probably pretty similar in the in the times that they came out. I mm-hmm. tend to gravitate towards music that's between 20 and 80 years old yeah. <laughs> that I like to listen to. Uh but that it's that 
they, they have wildly different feels for whatever kind of mood that I'm in. If you want to get the party, you know, get people up and feeling rowdy, mm-hmm. or if you want to just mellow out and kind of talk to your friends, hang out, maybe maybe mack on a lady or something like that. <laughs> all right, most definitely. So why don't you go ahead and lead us off, Cole? Why don't you go through all your songs? We'll discuss them a little bit, and then we'll go through my songs. Okay, my number one, and this is actually a point of embarrassment because I realized after writing this that this is not something I have represented in my own jukebox, <laughs> and I've already started thinking about what could I take out to add this nelly <laughs> never nelly take the nelly out for country God's sake. grammar is an amazing album and it's a classic top plays at 12 mile i swear it, I, you know the I, reason every night is because and this is again that automatically our jukebox flips back to zero zero through 12 <laughs> or 11 actually because it starts with zero zero and it doesn't start with zero one so and so the albums that are between zero zero and eleven, they weren't put in there with the idea that they would be the most played. That's just the first thing everyone sees because no, if you leave it alone, it'll just flip back to that first page, yeah. and then you're automatically that's your default. And what people see, like they see Nelly, they're like, "Oh, I love Nelly, hot in here." That's actually not on the album, but you know, <laughs> it's it's definitely at that point too. Not not to talk about Nelly too much on this podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> which which we will not do on a regular. basis. Are we not going to do a Nelly episode? We're not going to do well if Nelly decides to come on with us. Perhaps I, we'll yeah, have a Nelly. If you're listening, we yeah. would happily do a Nelly episode. Also, Nelly, if you'd like to invest in two bar concepts, we've got really great ideas. I've so. got so many more than yes, two so. bar concepts right hit, now. Hit me up, Nelly. <laughs> hit me up. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry. Not represented in our jukebox currently, but I'm already working on that now. Bruce Springsteen, specifically two songs off of Born to Run. Mm. Born to Run itself, title track, mm-hmm. and Thunder Road. Mm. I think they're just like these quintessential... They're they're fast and loud, but also deeply sentimental. Mm-hmm. They can get people really excited, but bring up a lot of complex emotions. They're great sing-along songs. Thunder Road is one of my jukebox, uh, or sorry, karaoke, karaoke. standbys. <laughs> and I I just, they, they and they, they're songs I've been listening to my entire life. They're things that my parents listen to. I think that informs my list a lot too, is mm-hmm. things that I've, I've grown up with that just being a part of my, existence for as long as i can remember uh, born to run has been one of my favorite albums since i started listening to music mm-hmm. and i think the, those two are just really just make me feel at home yeah no that's those are great picks um uh, i think born to run the entire album that'd be a great add to the jukebox because i think it's definitely it is the most approachable springsteen album that you could say just like you know side to side like there's enough songs on there that somebody's gonna be like e- enough songs that like fit different moods like thunder Road's a little bit slower born to runs like that that, that it, building crescendo yeah, just kind of thing i honestly disagree with you though about uh thunder uh, about born to run being an album that i think would work in a jukebox from start hmm. to finish for me that album is really those are the two songs there's a couple others that are pretty good 10th avenue, 10th avenue freeze out, out. yeah on. sorry 10th avenue freeze out's you, also got, also a great song anthem you've got your like slow ballad and you've got a dance song i mean that's solid for but, I, I don't think you pick too many albums that have three songs that some people like okay any of those three songs I, work. I think well there's some danger to this but i think that maybe a bruce springsteen greatest hits album would would probably have all three of those songs and then other songs that people would be looking for sure but that also means the problem with putting a greatest hits album is that you're basically asking people to play born in the usa every day for the rest of your life oh bruce Bruce not that that's necessarily that's not my least favorite song in the world but i definitely think it's overplayed i think it's been embraced by people who have no idea what it means and (laughs) for decades for decades (laughs) yeah starting with reagan i guess historically yeah no it's it's notorious for that um but it's definitely that's the danger i think a lot and a lot of great albums i think don't work in a jukebox because people gravitate to the worst song on them oh yeah that's a good point uh 
so <laughs> and this is definitely not that type of type of bar and and just to throw it out there nebraska your thoughts i mean because that's my favorite springsteen album. i think nebraska is a great album but i i think it doesn't have any recognizable singles that would draw people to it yeah i think atlantis atlantic city's on that album i believe but that's not exactly one of those songs you want to like you know be like oh yeah Guys, let's listen to Atlantic City. <laughs> they blew up the Chicken Man in Philly last night. It's like, no, yeah, it's a it's a good song, but it's uh, but everybody dies, but that's okay, isn't that like in the song? Yeah, it's a well, bummer. Which uh, we actually have a song because we have uh, Yoshimi battles the Pink Robots by the Flaming Lips, and they have a song called Summertime. And one of the lines in that yeah. song is that everyone you know someday will die, but they say it in a way that's meant to be comforting. You know, that, that's that's something we all have in common. You right. shouldn't fear death. It's just that's the way the world is, and it's not a bad thing necessarily, but. That's. I don't think that's exactly the same meaning that Bruce Springsteen had. <laughs> I, think, I just had a flashback line. to 2001 when you said that. I was like, Yoshimi, that was the Pink Robots. It's like, yeah, someday we'll die. <laughs> yeah, that's a good album. All right, what's your next song, Cole? My next song is an Al Green song, mm-hmm. Let's Stay Together. Nice. I think Al Green is one of those, A, you'll find it in... In, in black bars and white bars, in old bars and new bars. I think part of the reason it's so broadly popular is because of its use in Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I think Quentin Tarantino... It's actually the only song I think that we have in the jukebox twice because we have the Pulp Fiction soundtrack right. in the jukebox. It's one of the best soundtracks ever. Quentin yep. Tarantino is amazing at curating soundtracks. Um, I mean, we also have an Al Green Greatest Hits because I think he's one of the most talented recording artists of his generation. And the, the Al Green Greatest Hits album is just wall-to-wall... I, I don't think there's a bad track on that album. Completely agree. And uh, I feel similar. We also have a Bill Withers Greatest Hits, and I feel like it just hits that same vibe where everyone loves it. Nobody mm-hmm. thinks Bill Withers or Al Green are like, eh, whatever, lame. And But it's a completely different vibe yeah. than, than, than your Bruce Springsteen. Right. I, I To me personally, if... if if it was a choice, I mean, we got a hundred hundred places to put CDs in there. But if you had to be like, oh my gosh, Bill Withers or Al Green, it'd be Al Green for me. I mean, and there's only one reason for that, and I think that would possibly make my other list of songs that I would hate to hear is uh, "Lean on Me." I just don't want to hear that in a bar, like ever. That's fair. We have a Bill Withers Greatest Hit CD, as I said. I don't, I don't remember hearing "Lean on Me" in Never here. Heard we it hear, either. I hear Grandma's Hands more than I hear "Lean on Me." Yeah. <laughs> I disagree. I, I still think it's a good song. It got overplayed for a while, oh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> when, when church camps use it as like a prayer and everything like that, yeah. that's a, it's a bit too far, I think. Um, but I, I think one of the things that I like about Al Green, and I don't want to tell you how to live your lives, um, but Al Green is one of the only people who can make monogamy seem really sexy. Mm. You know, a song like Let's Stay Together or Let's Get Married or I'm Still in Love With You. Mm-hmm. Those are songs about old love that are that make old love that make a lived in relationship seem desirable and most artists that are singing sexy songs yeah. are singing about new love yeah. and al green is like i w- i'm still in love with you yeah. and he, he makes that sound really hot to still be in love with somebody after an extended period of time yeah. and that's a that's a beautiful sentiment yeah, definitely. I'd say my favorite Al Green song, probably uh, Tired of Being Alone. I love that song. Yeah. It's so good. There's there's some really great live versions of that, too, that he performed. He was just an amazing performer. Yeah, I agree. All right. And to round out your list, what you uh, got? Number three, song that I think just, uh, I think, okay, Bruce Springsteen, you got you, you got a good range. It's, Thunder Road especially starts really mellow and gets gets amped up as you go along. Let's Stay Together or some of the other Al Green hits are just smooth and mellow and just set a set a nice mood. This last one 
<laughs> actually kind of borrowed from you did the norm mcdonald movie dirty work yeah do you remember the scene where they're about to get in a bar fight and chris farley <laughs> oh, puts on his like oh yeah g7 rolling stone street fighting man but he hits the wrong button and accidentally plays the pina colada song yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually street fighting uh, man is one of the best songs to just set that like let's get this party going kind of mood it's but it also i think I like I gravitated towards that specifically because it has a really populist political message mm-hmm. that it's a, it's not about punching somebody in the face mm-hmm. like a Nazi maybe uh, <laughs> not that I don't endorse that I honestly think that that makes Nazis the victims uh, as as fun as it would be to punch Richard Spencer I think it's a poor choice but I get why one would want to do that uh, I digress but it's it's got an element that is not about just starting a fight it's about taking a fight to the streets mm. that. And but it's covert about that. It, like in it's, Rocky Five, am I right? Like like that's that fight happens in the streets. Yes, that is exactly what I am talking about. <laughs> I thought so. I'm just going to jump to the point on that one. But it's it's one of those. It's a political anthem in a way. It's kind of like Born in the USA, to be honest. It's a political anthem that's masquerading as just a really upbeat classic rock sing along jam. And I it, I think and and the Rolling Stones they're one of those classic bands. They're one of those bands that everyone loves too. Yeah. You know, you got Irma Thomas covering Rolling Stones songs. Yeah, that's. They're they're universally loved, and you'll find them in any almost any different kind of bar. We'll have a Rolling Stones album in the jukebox. Yeah, I can say I'm not the biggest Rolling Stones fan, but I appreciate the music, and it's really good jukebox music as well. I think there's that's one of the ones where their career is so prolific as well. Their songs I just don't want to hear anymore. Like Satisfaction, don't really need to hear it. Brown Sugar, don't really need to hear it. One of the beautiful things about having the jukebox to curate myself is that I can just when I create a mix, I can just leave something off. So if, if our essential Michael Jackson CD that is in the jukebox is compiled down from a two CD set, and it's just the Michael Jackson songs that I like. Mm. So I was like, I don't have to listen to Man in the Mirror because this is my jukebox. <sighs> that would be pretty good, though. I would like that. Well, black and white, you know, get some of that. Black and white, I think, is in there. Oh, is it? Yeah. I, is it? People, maybe, just, maybe, people are making maybe, poor maybe. choices on this jukebox. But, <laughs> there are good choices, and they just, they just are swinging and missing. All right. All right. So to jump into my songs, um, I'll just knock out the the easy one first. I also had Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. I think that's just oh, really? a really great Is that song. our one crossover? Uh, ish. I had a, I had a, a, a slash on one of these because... Because uh, as opposed to Cole, like, you know, he, he definitely picked uh, songs that, you know, I think you could find that, like, if you didn't, weren't able to find one of those three songs on a jukebox, you might as well just leave the bar, I think. <laughs> like, it's just, like, there's something wrong. If you've got a, if you've got a jukebox that has a, a hundred CDs in there and one of those songs isn't on there, like, that's a very specific bar. I mean, if they've got that and, like, stained on there, you should definitely leave, like, immediately. The only exception, I would think, is that some places, uh, the Brothers 3 is the bar that comes to mind. They have mm-hmm. two jukeboxes, actually, in Brothers 3, and one of them is exclusively country music. Oh. So if you have a bar that has just got some sp- very specific niche theme, mm-hmm. you might not find one of these. But if you're, if the design of your bar is to not have a theme, to not be a niche thing mm-hmm. that'd be broadly appealing, you're going to find one of these songs. And right if you on. don't, then yeah, I think that's a perfect reason to just turn around and go. Go to the next bar down the street. Yeah, so Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. I think that just fits that bill. I mean, it's everything we talked about before. I mean, it's just it's just a great song. It's a great sing along song. Um, I mean, it works really great at karaoke, which I love. I think me and Cole share a similar passion for karaoke. It's just you know, it's fun. That's yeah. all, that's all I got. That's I mean, it's I just, fun. Like, okay, and that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, 
moving along, I'll, I'll leave my, my first pick for last, but uh, Got to Get You Into My Life by Solomon Burke. I love Solomon Burke. And that's a cover of a Beatles song? No, no, no. Uh, that's a different song called is, Got to Get yeah, You Into My Life. Two very different songs. Got to Get You Into My Life. You into my life. Yeah. I don't know if I know that character. song. Oh, it's great. Um, and I won't lie, at full disclosure on this one, um, I listened to this because uh, High Fidelity is one of my favorite books, and it's... Um, it's uh, like in the movie, they Americanize the movie and uh, they make Marvin Gaye, uh, Let's Get It On, like the big song that they talk about, which is an amazing song. Marvin Gaye is amazing. But in the book, it's all about uh, uh, Solomon Burke. It's because it's this weird song that, like, you know, all these British people can't really dance to, but it's like, you know, really sexy and everything. It starts and stops a whole lot. Uh, it's it's a great song. Um, I'll I'd say, listen to that. Yeah, I'd say either that or uh, Everybody Needs Somebody. Uh, both songs were really great. I mean, I think they're, they hit that soul aspect. They hit that, like, danceable aspect. And they're just familiar enough that people know what it is. Um, I, I've got a slash on here as well that um, I, would, I would pick Al Green. I mean, that's kind of like that same thing as I'm thinking, like, Al Green or Solomon Burke. Those are definitely, like, essentials inside of a jukebox. My very last pick, which is a weird one for me, and it's pretty specific to the Aaron Rose, but it always makes me happy. And when I play it, like people will usually get a pretty good laugh out of it, and they don't hate the song, and it's because it doesn't play that much, you know. And it's a uh, Strutter by Kiss. I I I think we're probably going to have to agree to disagree on Kiss. I'm not enough. <laughs> I hate, I'm not I hate as Kiss. Really? Okay, oh, good. No, no, then, no, I think then we fully agree. They're I one think of the worst bands of all time. They're narcissistic mm-hmm. and borderline musically incompetent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. self-aggrandizing and just I I I think the idiom, I think the the makeup and the the cult following that's all charming i just mm-hmm. think the music is mostly terrible they've oh, got yeah. maybe one or two songs that i find charming and or at least listenable right right but, but uh yes yeah, strutter is just that one i don't know something about it it's just it's just this bizarre song it's got like i don't, I don't even know how to describe it but it's like <laughs> i think people like it's one of those things where like you can play it and like everybody's just like oh, they, they get this look on their face like what is that i kind of know what that is it's like it's kiss and they're like oh uh, one of those songs that people are embarrassed to like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, uh, yeah definitely which um i think is important too because i mean like it's not all about serious like you ever seen those like like those like jukebox scholars who spend like an hour picking oof. that perfect like playlist on a jukebox i used to be that guy yeah okay, one me of my too, favorite too, projects if you've ever uh if you put in five dollars to the jukebox at 12 mile limit you can pick 17 songs it's the best bang for your buck but there are exactly 16 songs that have the word baby in the title. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite projects and on a slow night is I'll stick $5 in the jukebox and play every single song that has the word baby in the title, which ranges from the old Stax classics like uh, B-A-B-Y. Baby, oh baby. But there's a, there's a Tom Waits song on there. I think there's an Outcast song on there. It gets a really broad range. And it all seems to work kind of together. Nice. So that's, that's my weird jukebox curatorial project a lot of the time. Janis Joplin, Cry Baby? Yeah, that's okay, on there. Nice. Totally. Nailed yeah, it. there you go. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I'll lead off the, uh, the the second component of this song. I think Cole put it best earlier before we started talking, or maybe it was while we were talking on this podcast, that uh, <laughs> you, you lose track of these things. Um, a song that if it just plays at a bar, you might just walk out. Like, you just don't want to hear it, or you just roll your eyes, and like, you're just like, ah, oh, it's the worst. And it's like, <laughs> it'll be like three to ten minutes of just like, please stop, right? What's what's happening right mm-hmm. now? Um, I think my first pick is, uh, it's not surprising, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. I do not want to hear that song in a bar, ever. Which, I mean, that is one of the, Journey is one of those bands, because it's such a sing-along band, because mm-hmm. it's 
sort of broadly appealing that you will find in a lot of jukeboxes. Oh, yeah. And then the, between that and I guess Jukebox Hero, is that also Journey? No, 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 that's, no, no. no, no. That? That's Foreigner? Foreigner? I think that's okay. Foreigner. I, I, did, I don't like Journey a lot, but I, I do find Don't Stop Believing to be charming. I haven't gotten sick of it yet. Despite <laughs> you, all you the, haven't stopped believing? I, I believe. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, I'm just a small town girl. Nah. I'm not. I'm a boy, and I was raised in the city. But I feel that song. There's an authenticity to it. I actually think it's a little bit closer to that that kind of Bruce Springsteen resonance. To go back to one of my earlier picks for Pro, that it just it feels it feels real. And I know it's it's one of those like just polished and corporate and kind of came out of that time when rock just had no real authenticity, at least in mainstream rock. But I I enjoy Don't Stop Believing. I'll sing along. I'd almost like to think this is a song that at some point I would have liked, but, like, you know, after Glee and after, like, all these covers and, like, you know, like... I don't know. I'm sure it's probably in like every like tribute thing. It's like, hey guys, don't stop believing, keep trying, and like all this like this pseudo manufactured like inspirational garbage. Like it's just if it was just a fun <laughs> pop song, that'd be fine. But when people are like trying to derive meaning out of like a crappy pop song, I mean, I, I don't know. It yeah, drives me crazy. It's, it's not that deep. I'll give you that. It's like oh, like uh, like time of your life by Green Day. Oh, it's like oh. it's a it's a cute song. I appreciate it if it wasn't played at every graduation ceremony yeah. from like 1998 to 2006 i think they played that and that mandy moore graduation song at my graduation that was vitamin like, c vitamins oh pardon me thank you is that in your jukebox too cole no but <laughs> i'll consider it Excellent. all right uh next song and this is more like a category of songs this is the first one that like really like popped in my head and this comes from um i used to host a karaoke night so there's definitely like a little bit of crossover songs i never want to hear again um <laughs> If it makes a bad karaoke song, it usually makes a pretty bad jukebox song. Hey Jude by the Beatles. Uh, the Beatles are probably my favorite band of all time. I just think that they are amazing. I love the Beatles. Yeah, I, I, I also love the Beatles. I've been listening to them my entire life. I would probably still say they're my favorite band. Uh, hey Jude is not a bad song, but it's ten minutes long, and five minutes is just na 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 na. Jude, 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 Jude. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I I agree. My father actually once described Hey Jude as. A, a practical joke that the Beatles pull. It's like, hey, how much can we get people to get on board with what we're doing? Let's yeah. just put out this inane drivel that's repetitive and goes on way too long, and people are going to love it because we're the Beatles. And there's always going to be the guy who put the song on who's just waiting for the moment where he can do the weird like Paul McCartney freak out. Like, <laughs> like and you're just like, oh, I don't like you. Just stop what you're doing. Right I now. honestly, if, if Hey Jude was a minute and a half long, it would be one of my favorite songs. I think, yeah, you know, just like do a fade out like, you know, at like four <laughs> minutes or something. That's perfect. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a cute song, you know. Whatever. Yeah, the sentiment's good. I mean, the story behind it's if you, I mean, we don't have time to get into it here, but it's a, it's a sweet sentiment. I have nothing against it, except by, except two minutes in, I'm over It's a it. super bummer. I mean, if you want to talk about practical jokes, just to like jump into it, I mean, it's about Paul McCartney talking about how John Lennon ignores his son, right? It's for Julian Lennon. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's about how he ignores his son. I thought it was just about... Oh, no, I'm thinking Good Day Sunshine. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. this Hey Jude's a dark song. Huh. Well, well, let's take a sad song and make it better, huh? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I've heard that song before. Uh, all right. And very last song, um, much like Strutter uh, from By Kiss, which is an <laughs> excellent jukebox song um, that I can only usually find at the Aaron Rose. Uh, this song is synonymous with the Aaron Rose, and it will not make me leave, but it is the collective eye roll of an entire room. <laughs> and, and just like, I think that the there's post-traumatic stress disorder if you work at the Aaron Rose uh, when you hear this song you just want to like, you just I mean, you twitch or like you just something happens but Wagon Wheel 
Old Crow Medicine Show's uh, Wagon Wheel. And I love the Old Crow Medicine Show. I love love bluegrass music. Um, and I, I like this song a whole lot, too. But that song literally plays at the Aaron Rose every hour. Like, every hour, <laughs> somebody will play that song because, they, you know, the jukebox play like, you know, the jukebox plays aren't that long. And then somebody was going to jump in there and just play it, and it's going to play again. And they can't skip the music, you know? And I think what's They probably can, but I think it's rude. Yeah. Especially this jukebox being a curated representation of a bar's idiom to just for the bartenders to skip those songs. A, somebody put money into that. You know, that's don't be a dick about it. And B, it's only three to five minutes long. You can, you can sit through <laughs> most of them. There are, there are so, very, 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 very few songs that I will that I'll skip yeah. that come up on our jukebox. I mean, I also picked all the songs that are in there, right, so it's right. a little different. But it's so rare. And I, but I think it's a really bad look for a bar yeah. to skip jukebox songs. And I think the worst thing about this song, too, is because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I know this song, and I listen to Bluegrass, and you know, I heard it here or something like that. But then when that Darius Rucker version came out, which is like... <laughs> a super bad version of that song. I don't I'm I I don't hope I'm not in the minority of that opinion, but that song is like takes a song that's like, you know, kind of cool and just makes it really bad but really digestible by like people. It's like, okay, <laughs> we're going to take the twang out. We're going to take like, you know, like 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 the the heart and soul of like this this style and just make it like a very standard pop song. I I like the yeah I like the old Crow Medicine show version of that song. I think the hook was written by Bob Dylan too. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty charming song. It's it feels authentic. Honestly, it feels like a song that's always existed. You know, mm-hmm. that song's only about fifteen years old, but I it it feels like a song that's just part of the American yeah great great American songbook now in a way that right. you know, that that I like. But yeah, it, it's it's wildly overplayed. And there are so many versions of it that I don't enjoy, at least yeah. not to the degree that I, I don't, I, mean, I don't even enjoy the original. But if it comes on, I'm like, oh yeah, this song. What is mm-hmm. this? Oh, who is this again? I like this song. I don't, I don't overthink it, but it's right. It's it's pleasant enough. It doesn't it doesn't do to me what the, I only have one song. Steve asked me for three songs you like, three songs you don't. I have one song that I just don't like and this is again an artist that i generally like billy joel is an artist that i'd enjoy <laughs> but if i hear piano man i will i don't even smoke anymore i will take a smoking break i will just go outside it's until a long piano smoking break that, too. i not long enough <laughs> sometimes but yeah it's just the same with hey jude it's like I, I it's just so tedious and repetitive and cloyingly sentimental in a way that feels so inauthentic. And I, like I said, I like Billy Joel. I like Uptown Girl. Honestly, I think that's a great jam. I know you're, he's giving me a really <laughs> weird look, but she's living in an Uptown world and just doesn't understand though some of the ways that uh, what Cole's life has a, to offer. I think Cole's there's a really a downtown there's, guy. There's a lot of <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, I think I think Piano Man just really grates me. I I can't stand it. And people love that song. It's so deeply meaningful to people in a way that I can't fathom because it seems so inauthentic to me, mm. and and just so overplayed. I can it I it almost makes me physically ill when I hear the first strain of that song. I it, just have to leave the space. It's almost like somebody like set out with the goal, like I'm just going to make a song that people will incessantly sing. For eternity inside of a bar, like that's just <laughs> what I want to do, and like and like, good job, Billy Joel. I guess you you did it, but yeah, I mean, he could, he could have retired on that one song alone, but fortunately, he went on to make other songs that I don't hate. So yeah. I, I don't, yeah, go. matter of trust, huh? Huh? I don't know if I know that one. Oh, that's a good one. Um, 
River of Dreams? Ah, I can get down with River of Dreams. All it's right. got some like cheesy nineties like Yeah, it's like midnight oil almost. It's like nineties kinda... yacht rock. Anywho, we're right about at the uh, 40 minute mark. You got any closing remarks about jukeboxes, Cole, and music and bars? I really enjoy a well curated jukebox, and it makes me very comfortable in a space. Even, I, even, I would prefer a per- poorly curated CD jukebox over an internet jukebox, though. Right on. I think that kind of sums up the points. Guys, thanks a lot for listening. Once again, I'm Steve Yamada. I am T. Cole Newton. This is Around with Steve and Cole, and thank you so much for listening.